This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome back to another episode of the Keeping Carlson Short Shifts Fantasy Hockey Podcast. My name is Ben Burnett. Joining me as always, Lewis Ezekiel. Lewis, how are you doing tonight on this, the second show of the hashtag Battle of the Buds week? Oh man, well you're making me sweat. You're off to a really great start to your night. Uh, three goals and six assists so far with ten shots. Come on, that's not a, that's not a sustainable shooting rate. Unacceptable. All I do is look for these guys who put up unsustainable numbers, and then, you know, you pump them, you dump them. That's my whole philosophy. I, I don't care about sustainability. <laughs> well, that's, hey, that's how you win games, I think, uh, is the is the moral there. It doesn't matter how, uh, what do they say? It doesn't matter how many shots you take to get them. Just get those goals. I thought you were going to say they don't ask how, they ask how many, but sure. Yeah, I, we'll I, I thought about it, but then that made no sense because, <laughs> well, I guess it does make a little bit of sense. Yeah. I don't know. Goals, specifically. Anyway, Great start. <laughs> let's get right into the show here, Lewis. We have a lot to talk about and starting almost entirely as always with the COVID-19 protocol as it uh, traverses the league once again. I kind of wanted to go through a few names here that have been on the list for a while and as well as talk about the new cancellations. We'll start in Minnesota. Four games have been postponed due to an outbreak there. Colorado tonight is included, so that one likely is out of the way if you're wondering what to do with your wild players. They have two games against Arizona coming up that have been canceled, or postponed rather, and one in St. Louis. Lewis, any Minnesota players that you're kind of looking at streaming out at this point? Uh, Brian and Elon talked about Jordan Greenway on Sunday. Certainly an interesting pick uh, up maybe for this week with four games, but obviously with those games canceled, that's somebody I would be streaming out. Um, Jonas Brodeen was an interesting one. Also somebody else that I picked up. Um, didn't have enough moves to drop, but that's probably someone that I can do without. Although, depending on how this uh, injury with Spurgeon may be, he's also on the COVID list. Uh, he may get a little longer of a look there with Dumba out as well. Um, you know, yeah, I think there's a lot of Minnesota Wild players, honestly, who are kind of bubble holds in general, uh, who I would be happy to let go if they're going to miss three more games uh, after tonight's set. Yeah, I think it's pretty much like you're holding Kaprizov, you're holding Fiala, unless you're in a very uh, shallow league. You're probably holding Talbot in most formats. And then other than that, it's really just those uh, those defensemen, and they're all kind of league-dependent, format-dependent. Uh, Joel Erickson Eck has probably been hot enough that you're going to keep him in deeper leagues, but if I was in a 10 or 12 team league, I'd have a hard time justifying taking the zero for a week with, uh, with a player who I think is overperforming like JEE. 
Yeah, definitely. It's, you know, unfortunate circumstances, but you got to be able to uh, cut even if you've invested something in them or paid a price to pick them up. You know, you got to be able to move on from it if you're going to, you know, the plus side is anybody that you hold, you know, they'll have some bonus makeup games later. So if you're far enough ahead that you think you're going to do all right, that's one thing. But yeah, you're going to have to be very careful about making these decisions. You know, like we said last time, it's it's not the difference between being dropped a line or being dropped off of a power play. You know, those are those are going to be guaranteed zeros. Well, and I think that your advice there about keeping in mind the extra games you're getting down the stretch will matter more once we talk about a few players or a few teams that have more fantasy relevant players. But in Minnesota, it really is a, a lower tier fantasy team. Let's hop over to Buffalo. They've already lost two games, one before tonight and one tonight against the Islanders. And they have two more coming up this weekend against Boston that have since been canceled. I mean, you're obviously going to keep hold of your Eichels, your Halls. Probably you've got Reinhardt on IR, and you're, you're good with that. Um, Darlene should be owned in most leagues. Olmark has been good enough to hold on to in, I would say, 12 and above team formats. Uh, Ristolainen probably in bangers leagues. But once you get into the streamers there, I think a guy like Eric Stahl was starting to look like he was worth owning, and I, I wouldn't be holding him through these zeros. Uh, anyone really underneath that tier, Victor Olofsson is a keep for sure. But other than that, anyone you want to mention on Buffalo, Lewis? Yeah, no, not especially. Again, like you, what you really are thinking about in dealing with the the COVID issues is you want to sort of have a dividing line, like your Maginot line of uh, folks worth holding and folks beyond which you're not willing to to pass. So, um, yeah, just sort of picking on on each team. And again, Buffalo, you know, has not been thrilling offensively either. You know, like you said, maybe more so than Minnesota has, at least at the top end. But again, like these are the players that you're not going to be dropping anyway. Um, so yeah, I'm with you there. Uh, and then unfortunate, obviously for, um, people with Boston players, especially with how red hot Boston has been, not that this yeah. is useful fantasy advice because that top line is going to be gone, but they have just been outstanding. Great to see Pastor Nat come back, uh, quicker than expected. And they have just been absolutely on fire, uh, since his return. So, uh, a bummer. It's going to be a little bit of a hitch in their step maybe, um, for those Boston players, but I'm sure they, uh, they'll get through it. It's just unfortunate for their owners to miss out on those opportunities. Yeah, and so uh, moving on to Colorado, a team that has not had any cancellations, but they did see Tyson Yost and Gabriel Landeskog most recently go on the COVID-19 reserve list. Any guesses as to what we see out of Colorado and any effect on on those players that, you know, we talked about a guy like JT Comfer the other night. Neither of us were particularly interested. He was filling in for McKinnon after that week-to-week injury, but now they're missing the uh, top-line left wing as well. Yeah, you know, I'm sure you didn't intend for the uh, prophecy about that second line in Colorado, uh, maybe having an opportunity for more success to come true this way. But if you've read the classics, you know that the prophecy never comes true in exactly the way that you think it does. That's why everyone trying to avoid it coming true ends up having it happen. So, um, yeah, that was, I mean, I think that was a pretty solid prediction. Although, as you said in the chat today, that's not how you wanted it to happen. It was a very not like this type situation. Well, not only um, that, but I'm not going to declare victory like this either. You know, <laughs> like if if Burakovsky and Kadri go off for the next couple games before Landis Scott comes back, I'm not going to say that I was that I nailed it because it, it's well, just not fair. 
Well, so that's the worry too, is that I think, um, you know, you, you have said that the, the concern that you have is when you see this pattern emerges where the one player leaves and then a few days later, the other player leaves. And then we see a rash of cancellations. So you got to keep your ear to the ground here, uh, with regards to Colorado. And again, you know, that's a situation where, uh, I think that you are wanting to keep, you know, obviously anyone who has uh, access to that top power play. Um, but I would, you know, I would drop JT Comfer. I think if uh, we see games canceled, um, you know, uh, anyone who who's not getting kind of the uh, guaranteed uh, spot lining up that that is so valuable for you in Colorado. Yeah, and so I would I agree with you. You're definitely right about that. And so I think what I would do moving forward, unless we hear that there are uh, no cancellations coming, I would just. So if you're looking at streaming in somebody for this weekend, maybe, and you're you're thinking of Brandon Saad as somebody who might move up the depth chart here with a Gabriel Landeskog being on the list, maybe you actually defer to a Joel Farabee type also playing Friday, Sunday this week, and that will give you maybe a more guaranteed uh, start this weekend. Just, you know, you start to read the tea leaves here, and it, it just seems like Colorado could be the next spot to avoid. Sure. And, and, you know, it's been wild, like streaming is already quite the challenge and obviously skillful streaming is such a critical key to success in, uh, you know, in winning your fantasy league. And it's become just such a minefield because now you're trying to manage, you know, not only, you know, who is going to play with when, but also trying to dodge these canceled games. And it just has been, uh, you know, twice the challenge this year. Um, so good on anybody who's having streaming success, um, you know, Speaking personally, this has just been a disastrous week because everybody that I, I picked up three players and they were Minnesota Wild and New Jersey Devils uh, early in the week. And it's just been disastrous. So I'm going to move on down to Pittsburgh. They had John Marino hit the COVID-19 list earlier this week. I grabbed him for a stream in hashtag Battle of the Buds this week. Did not work out in my favor. None of our waiver wire ads really have done much, I guess, except for Christian Dvorak. Shouts out Christian Dvorak, another assist tonight. Um but John Marino going out means that with Chris Letang also currently injured, we may see power play one Pierre-Olivier Joseph. So there's a sneaky little pickup. I know that Keepin Carlson mentioned him the other night on Sunday. So yeah, maybe Pierre-Olivier Joseph is somebody to keep your eye on. Of course, you will want to know whether Chris Letang is back in action. Um, I Just a few more teams that I want to mention here. First is Vegas and San Jose. Back from their postponements on Friday, tomorrow night. Vegas has that Friday-Sunday schedule. Looks like a nice stream. A few players in Vegas that I'm actually kind of interested in. And and I kind of see this as a bit of a catch-up moment, right? Because people haven't been thinking about Vegas for the last week. But last we saw them, Chandler Stevenson was on that top line. And since uh, since they had the postponement, we now have Cody Glass on the top power play in Vegas. Uh, I'm also, you know, remembering, I think that it's worth remembering rather that Marc-Andre Fleury and Robin Lehner were both very stellar uh, when the right before Vegas was put on postponement. So might be worth keeping an eye on Marc-Andre Fleury there in the Nets in Vegas. Yeah, especially if he's able to start stealing some starts from from Lehner, who, you know, we sort of thought after the the sword in the back for uh, MAF might be taking on a bigger role. But, you know, they've been they've been splitting starts a little bit more up to this point, And I think we might see it continue, especially if we see that excellent play continue from Marc-Andre Fleury. Um, 
I'm interested in Cody Glass. Uh, I think he's been a really interest. You know, he's a player I had my eye on at the start of the season. Hasn't done a ton yet, but obviously love that opportunity on the top power play. Uh, Chandler Stevenson, interesting too, although it's worth pointing out that one of his goals hit him right between the numbers in the back and trickled into the net. So that was a bit fluky, but uh, again, you know, it's all about uh, it's all about how many you get. They're not worried about. Uh, we're not going to be so concerned with. Um, damn. Wow. Uh, this is I know. A, I'm terrible This is at this a travesty one. of a, an expression that we've already said tonight, Lewis. How I know. I don't want to say it again. I hope this all gets cut. It's um, not. This is staying in. Terrible. All right. At any rate, I realized that we had already gone over it uh, once before during this they very episode. So. That's all we're trying to say here. They don't ask yeah, how. They um, sure don't. Yeah. And so I... I, when you say stealing starts from Laner, are you thinking that you could see Flurry get above this 50-50, or are you thinking that it is a uh, just – you're talking about the starts that he's already kind of eaten into? Yeah, you know, I think at the outset of, you know, start of the season, we thought that Laner would be a full number one, uh, not the 1A that he's sort of been, or, or even, you know, 1A and 1A, you know, so to speak. I'd say it's a 1A, 1B, but yeah, no, I think that that's probably semantics more than anything. And I agree that he's pretty much got the the lion's share that I would think he can get, considering Laner hasn't been bad. This really does seem to be a bit of a timeshare situation, and uh, it makes sense to do when you have two goalies playing as well as they do in Vegas. Um, one more team that I do want to mention here is Washington, where if Genny Kuznetsov and Ilya Samsonov have been off for weeks now, in the meantime, Vitek Vanacek has continue to roll on. Uh, he has given up two goals against here, against my my lovely Rangers with 15 minutes left in the third. I mean, you got to start to be worried about the fact that they've been on the COVID list for so long at this point, right? Yeah, you know, it makes you wonder if there might be, um, you know, some, some significant recovery time and some rust to shake off. Uh, so yeah, I think that's definitely worrisome. It already seemed like we might see uh, a pretty a more serious challenge than we expected uh, for Samsonov in that, you know, we sort of had him penciled in again as one of those uncontested starters, uh, especially once uh, Lundqvist, as you mentioned last show, went out for the season. Um, but he has certainly proved that he is up to the challenge, and I think it's going to be uh, a little tenuous for those Samsonov owners, anyone who put him, you know, in that same sort of tier with uh, Igor Shosturkin, who seems to have seized that uh, number one position um, back from Georgiev. Uh, so yeah, I think that is uh, something for your Samsonov owners to keep an eye on here. Well, and I think it's, I think you're right to say that it is a, uh, it's, there's going to be some rust to shake off, especially for Samsonov. I just don't see him hopping right back in considering he's not even back to practice. I guess I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here saying three weeks. It's been exactly two weeks to the day since they were announced to be out for four games. Um, obviously, it's been more than that, but I guess I'm I'm just a little nervous that this could be a long-term thing. Um, if I, I do have Samsonov shares and I'm just, a you know, like I said, I'm, I'm monitoring carefully and I'm really hopeful that they're off the COVID list soon because I don't want to hear about NHLers having long haul complications. We heard about Marco Rossi. I don't, you know, that's uh, really scary and just something that it kind of, you shudder to think. 
Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. And, you know, we've we've said this multiple times, but it's worth saying again, obviously, safety is our number one concern. I thought it was really interesting uh, seeing um, Andrew Kopp uh, with some stern words for the NHL earlier today. Uh, Thursday here talking about, um, you know, what's the difference between getting to the arena, you know, uh, with an, you know, why not have an hour extra to practice? If we really were serious about preventing spread of COVID, we wouldn't be playing hockey. And, you know, it's just sort of a a reminder uh, of sort of the situation that we find ourselves in here, uh, which is, you know, a a little bit concerning, a little bit of of real talk from Andrew Kopp. Coming up, we'll talk about a few more headlines. You're listening to Keeping Carlson Short Shift Fantasy Hockey Podcast. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to the Keeping Carlson Short Shifts podcast. Lewis, we have a bunch of headlines to get to. The COVID roundup took way longer than either of us would like it to, mainly because we don't want to talk about COVID constantly. Um, but we, I do want to update quickly, and I think we're going to end up running through a lot of these headlines quickly, just because these are these are sort of midweek updates. We don't have as much of the like juicy uh, analysis stuff that we, we often sink our teeth into. But let's start in Columbus. Patrick Laine, already the subject of a line shakeup. He's currently playing with Alexandra Texier and Max Domi on the top line in Columbus, and has his first goal uh, in Nationwide. So You love to see it, um, and maybe scoring that first goal will allow him to stick there. I don't want to jinx it, but I do see him playing line one and power play one with Max Domi. Yeah, so it was a, a, a nice goal because it got all three guys in for uh, for credit. So assists from both of those top liners too. Um, you know, obviously very exciting for anyone who has uh, held through on Max Domi. Um, they were having a little bit of trouble earlier in the game in terms of uh, how their shot share was balancing out, but it's gotten a little better here as the game has progressed. Uh, so that's certainly good news. Very interested to see. Um, what Line can do, you know, together with with these two, and we was, were sort of, you know, wondering who that third piece was going to be. You know, this may be another one of those cases where we see a duo develop with Line and Texier uh, sticking together and rotating through that third piece. But uh, Max Domi right now, um, you know, with the with the edge there, uh, especially because he got in on this goal and they are holding the lead for the time being. So I like to see uh, the three of them stick together and see what they can produce. So the one player that I do think it's worth mentioning once again here is Oliver Bjorkstrand, who continues to not get good deployment. He's on a third line pretty much by himself once again. Um, He has scored and added an assist tonight. I wonder if it's not a bad time to see what you could turn Oliver Bjorkstrand into if you couldn't get a top line uh, player for him rather than you know, being stuck with somebody who may end up getting that bot, like, you know, mid six uh, tweener type minutes. Yeah, especially while, again, he's off that top power play. Um, yeah, just a little bit concerning. And, and I think you make a good point, like his recent production, you know, sort of may mask that deployment issue. Um, so if you've got someone who's not, you know, 
following the Frozen Tools last game lines uh, up to the second, uh, that might be someone who might be willing to overpay given his deployment situation. Yeah, maybe you'd be able to trick like a not uh, a, an owner who doesn't pay close attention, like a Jake Gensel, uh, somebody who has Jake Gensel on the roster, or you know somebody else who's had a slow start. I think that that's a, a nice target. Yeah, I like uh, I like that idea. Although I, I'm not a big fan of of using the term trick here. We are simply uh, <laughs> negotiating from a position of power. Certainly. Let's move over to <laughs> Dallas. Uh, Columbus's opponents tonight. Joe Pavelski four points on Tuesday. Just an unbelievable start to the year. And I was listening to Keepin Carlson this weekend. I heard Brian talk about how you should trade away Joe Pavelski, get what you can for him. I have to say, I kind of disagree here and it's not that i think you know joe pavelski is going to score at the 96 point pace rest of season but i do think that his position right now i think he can be a lot closer to the guy he was he was in san jose than he was last year and i wonder if you can't not trick but (laughs) find a joe pavelski owner who doesn't believe that he is you know back to his san jose days or at least closer to it than last year they just look at the 2020 uh, the 2020 stats, and they think that they're selling high. But maybe you could l- hear me out here. What if you traded one of your underperforming stars? They think that they're buying low on a Mike Hoffman. Would you do that? Would you trade Hoffman for Pavelski? Yeah, I would absolutely trade Hoffman for Pavelski. I, I, I don't know. I'm very hesitant to believe that there's going to be someone who is going to be willing to let you buy high on... You know, this high-low trade, I guess, it would be someone who very strong, you know, really thinks that they're going to see Pavelski fall back down. I mean, he's been, my issue with him is that I don't think there's, there's, you know, I think you're right that the people with really high-end players are going to shy away. Um, So if I'm the Pavelski owner, I think I do hold because, you know, you're not going to be able to get a, a... you know, you're not going to be able to get an Ovechkin, a Crosby for Pavelski, I don't think, because, you know, there's too much value associated with the name. Um, in terms, if you, like, look, if you can trade someone who they think is going to blow up for someone who is actively blowing up, uh, obviously, I think that's a great deal for you. Um, I would be I would be surprised if you find someone willing to take it. But listen, shoot your shot. Yeah, add us on Twitter at ShortShiftsKK or hop in the patron-only Discord group. Hang out with us. There's lots of folks in there that you can ask questions to. Some of them might have some even better ideas than me uh, on this one. But let's move on to Chicago. Alex DeBrinkett is one of the players back from the COVID list, and he's playing on line two with Dylan Strom and Dominic Kubalik. Lewis, are you interested in uh, the, are you, or sorry, I should ask, are you disappointed to see that he's not playing on that top line with Patrick Kane upon returning? So it's been interesting to see sort of how Chicago has decided to create two lines that can be effective scorers. Um, So we've seen Yanmark, uh, Kurashev, and Kane at the top line. Uh, And then this second line, which seems quite strong with Dabrinkit, Strom, and Kubalik, thinking about how, you know, they performed or or seemed like they could perform last year. Um, You know, I think that uh, basically Kane is, is... able to produce without a ton of help so i think it's actually a pretty good idea to reinforce the second line and they're performing very nicely so far uh this evening against the hurricanes um you know stay keeping pace at least with the high scoring hurricanes um 
you know, a couple names that kind of stand out for folks who who may be uh, available at reasonable levels. Kurashev has been interesting up there with Kane. I am a little worried uh, by his four goals on 14 shots. That's pretty alarming. Um, you know, in terms of sustainability, I would like to see him shooting a lot more. Um, that second line really dominated their shot share on Tuesday and got one of the goals for Chicago. So they managed six shots, uh, only giving up two. Um, I think that's a pretty strong line there. We have some late-breaking news here at uh, the Short Shifts. It was just announced that the Colorado Avalanche are going to miss their next four games due to COVID-19. Lewis, obviously we talked about this a few minutes ago. I guess that we were correct to hypothesize that uh, not to go after Colorado Avalanche streamers this weekend. Yeah, I mean, it, it's all rolling out kind of just the way that you said. Once you see that second player go out, the next domino to fall is that um, significant cancellation. So, I mean, I think we're getting close enough that we see this pattern. I think this is what you've got to watch for is first player goes down, then the second one. After the second one goes, then that's when you have to watch out for uh, significant cancellations moving forward. Obviously, very unfortunate news. Uh, again, um, number one thought is hoping that uh, staff, family, players themselves uh, are going to, you know, remain healthy, um, you know, get through the, the outbreak without suffering symptoms or any long term concerns. But, yeah, you, this is, you know, this is the story of the 2021 season. All right, Lewis. Well, that's all the time we have for tonight for myself, Ben Burnett. Thanks for listening. Why don't you sign us out of here? All right. Well, thank you, as always, for joining us. We researched our episode this week using Frozen Tools, Natural Stat Trick, and Yahoo. Uh, always active on Twitter. Interested to hear your questions. Uh, had some great conversations today uh, about some potential pickups. So uh, please follow us at Short Shifts KK. Of course, Brian and Elon are at Keeping Carlson. Our intro and outro music is by Pat Roach. Uh, Brandon Weave designed our logo. Uh, and until we see you next week, Play smart and keep your shifts short.